0: Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, September 13, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? As usual, we'll start with the daily chart. Is anything jumping off the page on the daily or any other chart? And then we'll drill down from there and we'll talk about a few things from an intraday perspective. We'll use them as learning opportunities. And by the way, I might as well mention now, did anybody make money today inside the numbers from the pre-market notes? We nailed the early morning high, exited at around the morning low. We'll get back to that later. Let's start with the big picture again. Did the market do anything spectacular today? While well, they made a new low from yesterday, there's no big deal there. They're hovering right underneath the 50-period moving average. Since they've been back and forth through it several times, that's not really important any longer. And for all intents and purposes, it was a narrow-ranging day from the daily chart perspective. As compared to, for example, a short-term intraday chart that gives you a false sense of what's actually happening, you have a big up move, you have a big down move, you have some what's called chop shop formation in here for the majority of the day. From an intraday trader perspective, this can either be fantastic from a profit perspective. It can be disastrous from a chop shop perspective. If you were a recipient of several pies in the face today trying to trade the market without knowing the numbers. We'll get back to that later. Could this be, from a daily chart perspective, a move lower and a bearish, wedgish, kind of rollish, overish pattern going on right now as long as they stay underneath the 50-period moving average? And the answer is yes. What we have to watch is if they breach the low from last week This was Thursday's low, which was running a test of a breakup candle low. We talked about this last night, and there's a reason why I'm talking about it again today, because it is uber important from a location perspective. You know what they say, location, location, location. Without having the right location, how do you expect to make any money? And when we flip over to the weekly chart, we can also say at the same time that the daily chart could be putting in a bearish rollover-ish type of situation. The weekly chart is eating time off the clock and nothing really happened this week. Look at the last candle on the right. Look at the narrowness of this week's activity. They haven't really done anything. It's another inside week. We had an inside week last week to the prior week, which was a breakup candle. And this week, thus far, we have an inside week to last week's candle. They're making what's called a triangle pattern. It was brought to my attention this week and even today in the live room, and it's not lost on me, that we could call this a triangle pattern. If you draw connecting the lows to the next low there, and you connect the high, and you can see here that once the market gets to the apex of the triangle, we can expect a breakout or a breakdown. It doesn't have to get to the apex of the triangle. They can, over time, eating time off the clock, get to the apex of the channel, which brings them all the way out here into October. Again, we don't know whether that will or won't happen, but this is essentially a bona fide triangle pattern. We talked about it in the live room today. In the direction of a current trend, a lot of the triangles will break in the direction of, in this case, upward, because the current trend, specifically on the weekly chart, is in the upward direction. Above all the moving averages, the trend is what? It's your friend and it's up, and that's basically the bottom line. Other than what we've talked about so far from a daily chart S&P perspective, do we have any new information? Well, no. With two rather narrow ranging days basically eating time off the clock over the last couple of days, there's not a lot of new information other than what we've already discussed about the bearish rolloverish kind of thing that's possible. Doesn't mean it's probable. It means it's possible because we can always have an up move tomorrow to break that chain. It is quadruple witching options expiration week. What exactly is that? It's when the contracts for index futures, stock futures, index options, and options on stocks expire simultaneously. That is is quadruple witching options expiration. It happens on a quarterly basis. Let's highlight a few things from an inside-the-number perspective. This was put on the board at zero dark 30 before the CPI Kabuki Theater data release situation, aka CPI data shuffle. So these numbers aren't as important as what you'll see on the board after that takes place. So the data is out at 840, and they ran a test of an important number at 444.25. You see that right here? 444.25, zero dark 30, important number. Okay, so we know the numbers are working when we get going in the morning, so let's go on from there. And by the way, we did have some traders from a pre-market perspective take a trade at that number and got a nice pre-market winner under their belt before the day even got underway. Well done. I don't advocate that's for everybody, but traders that understand what they're doing can certainly trade the futures in the pre-market if they choose. So, I was looking for a trade at 444 and a quarter, so I'm saying the thieves in the morning took away the long trade. They may come back down there later, but that's the one I was looking for first thing in the morning. They did it in the pre-market. That's why they're the thieves. And it still gets a funny how that works. Okay, let's see what else we have. Now they're finished with the fake-out move. They send them down. They rally them back up. They whip it around all morning long. In fact, today it was all day long. Above 446 is the bull case for a bounce. That was basically the flat line. 447.25 is overhead resistance. If they get above, we have other stuff. Let's focus on 447.25. How you doing? We think better in pictures. Right of the vertical is today's activity. Market opened below, well below, 446.22. Down here was the opening print. It was above 446. That's above the flat line. If so, the door opens for 447.25. It is overhead resistance. We had some traders that wrote it up there. That was a risky trade. All trades have risk, but that one was one of those early morning trades that could have certainly went the other way. However, they went right up to the number. Overhead resistance spiked it by a penny, turned around, went back down in the other direction. We spent a lot of time this morning in the live room talking about why it makes sense to hold a trailer, why it's hard to do, how you do it. We put a profit in our pocket at five to 7 SP S&P handles, and we hold a trailer. And this one, fortunately, for many traders in the room, never gave you the reason to get out of it because they never went back to the entry point so you could hold it For the what? For the double, triple, the Whopper Junior, the Whopper with cheese, whatever you want to call it, this one was, in fact, a Whopper. We had traders get 15 points, 18 points. We were all over the map. Many traders got a nice short trade out of this this morning. We knew the exits. Exit number one was a scalp five to seven points. Exit number two was 446. Exit number three, and you can even see it right here, 4.46 446 is important. 445.35 is important. This is still in the pre market, but watch this. There it is, 931, 447.25, overhead resistance. Just to reiterate, when the market opened, by 934, they got there and they already gave you the scalp. The rest is trader's choice. 446 would be another exit. Don't let the remainder go bad. They never gave you that opportunity in a good way. And here it is. Now it's patience, 446 and 445, 35 are the next two numbers if they fall. It turned out to be when they fall. Back to the pictures. There's exit number one is up here at a scalp. Exit number two down here. Exit number three down here. Traders get a choice for how they want to play it. You have the numbers for entry. You have where it's wrong. It was wrong if they started closing candles above. They were going to push up another 50 cents to a dollar. You could have added there, or you could have just got out and reshorted. Either way, they didn't need to do that. Even gave you another test at the end of the day down at that same place, and it was support once again for the second time. Now, you don't know that's going to happen. It's very high risk, Into the end of the day, you're running out of time left in the trading day. So what happens if you're wrong? You have to sit on it. You have to make a decision. Do I have to sell it at a loss? Do I hold it overnight? It's a whole different ballgame. This is what they call a morning business. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double-check the work. It's all in here. Everything you need, entries, exits, where it's wrong, where they're going, if... What do I mean by F? If they get above this, then it opens the door for that. They get below this, it opens the door for that. They don't always get to the next place, but you know where they're headed if they're headed in a direction. If they just chop around and they go sideways, well, so be it. How about stocks on the move? We had three on the board today. Only one hit its entry objective. Roblox, UAL, and Dow did not. That's short for Delta. And here is the chart of Roblox. So the stock opened below the first number after its proverbial haircut. So therefore, the first number is off the table. It doesn't exist. It just gets wiped away. So what was the zone? 27.30 down to 26.65. You see what happened. Low of day was basically 26.65. Officially, 26.64 by one penny and the rip back up in the other direction. We did have participation in the live room in Roblox today the takeaway the numbers work what about camp IWM it's not good below 184 they're below 184 You could get a swing back tomorrow. We don't know whether that will or won't happen. We can just take the market at face value today and know that below 184 is not good. It opens the door for the place we talked about the last few days, which is basically that pivot there. And you obviously have other pivots, but the market has already come down a couple of tests in this area. How many times is she going to come down to this area before saying, hey, look up. I'm giving up the ghost, and I'm making another leg lower. 179 to 177.50, give or take, is that next leg lower in Camp IWM. And there's lower after that. That's just the next zone, the next place or two. Write it down. Put it on a sticky note. And if you're running out of sticky notes, buy them in bulk. Below all the moving averages, The trend is your friend. It's not your friend if you're long. It's not your friend if you're bullish. It's your friend if you're bearish. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Buttigieg's crew. About a touch of the 100-period moving average and a bounce off of it. They still have not yet gotten to 15,000. They got just below 15.1 today. But when you look at the big picture, this is still just leaking. It's forming a bearish pattern. You have a 100-period moving average here, but they hovered over it for a few days. So that diminished the importance of it, yet it still worked anyway from an intraday bounce perspective. From a weekly chart perspective into the 20-week Moving average, hovered over it or stopped at it above it last week, spiked it this week, staying above. We'll see where they close the week. Is this a pullback in an uptrend? This would keep them above all the moving averages, weekly chart perspective, or do they close below, which is a signal they're going lower? You have a weekly chart breakup candle low. This is a good lesson. Get out your sticky notes down at 14,681. Has nothing to do with the 15,000. That was a daily chart number. This is a bigger picture perspective. You won't see the lower number if they stay above all the moving averages. If this is a pullback in an uptrend, so be it. We won't know until the weekly close take the market at face value at the time where the umpire calling balls and strikes. What about the Q people? Above all the moving averages, nothing wrong. The trend is your friend. Not a terrible day for the Qs. It was up a dollar forty. Spiders were up 50 cents basically just over the flat line. The queues were up a little over one-third of 1%, not too bad. Bigger picture is they just ate some time off the clock in a rather narrow-ranging day compared to the rest of the days of late on the chart. I shouldn't say of late. The latest ones are about the same narrow-ranging days, but when you look back, these are narrow-ranging days. And by the way, this was brought up in the uh, live room today as well. What happens when the market puts in a lot of this... Back and forth, chop shop formation, narrow ranging days, are they kind of positioning for another move, meaning a bigger than a bread box type of move? And the answer is, the majority of the time, yes, they are. The question is, the $64,000 or $100,000 question is, which way? Well, from a Q perspective, they're above all the moving averages on the daily chart, above all the moving averages on the weekly chart. There's almost no reason to be bearish just looking at those two things. We could bring a lot of other stuff into the mix. I get that. There's a huge wall of worry out there. I'm well aware. But we're just looking at the chart saying, hey, there's nothing wrong at present, face value. Financials, again, Touch the 20-period moving average today, pardon me, 50-period moving average. Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend. Again, daily chart perspective, there's nothing wrong with the financials. Weekly chart, until they get above this breakdown candle high, which happens to be 34.92, we're going to round it like we've been doing the 35, they have to get above 35 bucks and this 100 period moving average to make some hay in the financials. We don't know that they will or they won't, but they certainly can. Below 34 is the bear case. So it's basically bookends of 35 in the northbound lane, 34 in the southbound lane. Below one is bearish, above the other is bullish. Put it on a sticky note. About smashmouth, right back above that place again, that place at 149.93, break up candle low, that's the horizontal line. Closed below it yesterday, back above it today. But in the big scheme of things, they're making a bearish, flaggish kind of situation. If they stay above that price, she's okay for a bounce. If they simply keep doing the same thing they're doing, It's the flare up in the air that they're building energy for another move lower and are not able to bounce. Gotta get above 152 and a quarter to get this break the chain thing going and they'll run up and fill the gap and then all of a sudden the chart looks different. But without that, it's just a sideways, bearish, flaggish thing going on. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, These videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.